Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Hot Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handymen. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Razorback fans, thanks for tuning in to the Hog Talk Podcast. On this special bonus edition, myself and Porter Hayes will be interviewing former Razorback and NFL quarterback Joe Ferguson. We'll be talking about his days as a Razorback under the legendary Frank Broyles, as well as his NFL career that lasted almost 20 years. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, wherever you listen to our podcast, we are there. And while you're there, please leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Thank you guys again for the support and hope you enjoy. Happy to be joined by former Razorback and longtime NFL quarterback Joe Ferguson, who will be telling a lot of his story from the time that he first became a Razorback all through his pro career. And uh, Joe, really appreciate you coming on and taking some time out for us today. No problem. Looking forward to it. Well, I want to start off talking about your high school career. Now, I know that you were born in Texas, but you played in Shreveport. Now, what a lot of people may not realize is, is that you went to the same school as Phil Robertson and Teddy and uh, Terry Bradshaw. Now you took over for Terry Bradshaw. So I guess it was Robertson, Bradshaw, and then you. Well, Robertson did not go to my high school. Uh, Terry Bradshaw did. And I did, I came in right after Terry. Uh, okay. And uh, Phil went to, I think a school in Monroe somewhere, Monroe, Louisiana. But uh, yeah, Terry and I were right behind each other and, or he was just ahead of me and, uh, had some good times back then in high school. That's where I was confused. It was him and Bradshaw at, at Louisiana Tech. I was thinking it was it was a high school thing. Well, having Terry Bradshaw, of course, ended up having a very successful NFL career. Having him as your mentor, as a guy coming through the high school ranks before you got to college, what did that mean to your development? Well, I can remember the first time I ever saw Terry Bradshaw, we were actually fishing on a pond. And he was on the other side of the pond, and he was always one of those kids that was built up, had big arms, and, you know, he just looked like the star athlete that he was. And I'm going, golly, I look like a, a dead gum zipper compared to him, so <laughs> how am I going to do that? But anyway, he had a great career at Woodlawn High School, and, and uh, they came real close to, to winning the state championship there while he was there his senior year and, and uh, had a great career and went on to Louisiana Tech and, and, uh, and played well. 
So let's talk about your, your recruiting process. Cause now, you know, everybody has Twitter videos and commitments and the hat game, you know, how was the recruiting process back then? And, you know, how long was Arkansas your top choice and, and what was it that made you want to play for the likes of Frank Rolls? Well, uh, of course, Frank was a very good recruiter, and I had narrowed it down back at uh, in, in my time that there were five schools in the country throwing the football at that time, and uh, I had narrowed it down actually to to Alabama and and Arkansas, and uh, basically really enjoyed visiting with Don Bro, who was the offensive coordinator at that time, and Frank. Um, and Don kind of got in and became part of my family. Actually, he was at my house quite a bit. Uh, back then, they could recruit anytime, and you know, do do a whole lot more than they can do today. But uh, Don and I got to be real close, as with my family. And then I considered the fact that my mom and dad were going to be traveling to every ball game, so Arkansas definitely came into effect there over Alabama. Now I know your first season on campus, I believe, was 1969, and many people remember that was a very successful season. Didn't quite end the way that we would expect it to or wanted it to. But the defense was arguably the best in the country, allowing seven points per game. They out and the offense outscored opponents 353 to 103. Right. I I had mentioned being mentored by Terry Bradshaw in high school. What was it like being mentioned being mentored by guys like Bill Montgomery and some of the players that were a part of one of the best teams in school history? I tell you, it was fun just watching them play and practice because they were so good. Uh, there were there were several players like Chuck Dykus and uh, I mean Chuck. Just watching Chuck and, and Bill perform was outstanding, and being able to learn from Bill because he was a very thorough, very smart uh, quarterback. Uh, didn't make any mistakes. It was just it was just a good atmosphere around, and, and Frank made it. You know, because they knew they had a good football team then, and and uh, the coaching staff that we had was just unbelievable at that time, also. Well, so there was just, to, go ahead. I was just going to piggyback off that real quick. But that at that time there was just freshman teams, correct? So like the freshmen didn't play up. It was just that one team them, themselves. Right. We just we played four freshman games, and then after that we we worked out with the varsity football team, and we became the other their, the opponent most of the time, uh, and showed them what the their opponent was going to be that week. Gotcha. Okay. So going back to Don Bro, you know, he's your OC for the first three years and running the multiple offense. You know, then he goes to the Houston Oilers and ends up with Joe Gibbs and as Redskins running back coach and OC. I mean, how was that transformation, especially coming off your, your good junior campaign? Well, when we lost Don Bro, we lost our pretty much the offense that we were in tune in tune for with the receivers we had and the running backs we had. Uh, and then and, uh, Richard Williamson came in as the offensive coordinator. Richard Williamson was a great football coach, a little bit uh, not as knowledgeable about the passing game maybe as Don Bro was, uh, but a very good football coach. And, and we changed our offense my senior year probably three times during the season, and you just you can't do that. Uh, you have to recruit for a certain offense, and uh, when we started running the option at that point, it was, it was to me, it was over with for my senior year. Throughout your career, you were known for having just a cannon for an arm. I remember growing up, uh, hearing about you playing in the, the 60s and 70s, and of course your NFL career too, which we'll get into. Uh, but was the, we talked about when Porter asked the question about your recruiting, that things are much different than they are now. What, was it in person or was it over the phone that the NFL began to start contacting you? 
Actually, it was through the mail. Uh, huh. The NFL, I mean, I was getting letters my senior year probably every week from San Diego, Dallas, and Miami. So I'm thinking, good, hey, I'm going to be in the South, hopefully, and, and uh, get to go and, and be able to work out all the time and, and, and live in the South part of the country. And then, <laughs> when I got the phone call from Buffalo, my dad and I were like sitting there going, we got to get a map out and find where Buffalo is. We can't, we don't even know where that is. So uh, it, it was a, a different process back then, totally as far as recruiting in Arkansas. Back then, you could, when I came out of high school, you could sign uh, as many players as you wanted to on scholarship. And now you're down to 25, which makes a big difference. I mean, it's a huge difference in what it used to be compared to now. They used to recruit some players, actually. Uh, to be uh, to be backup players and and to be uh, the scout squad. And at that time too, you could also be drafted by the NFL and AFL, right? You bet. At that so time, did you get did you get drafted by both leagues or was it just the NFL? I think after uh, after you got drafted, the other league just kind of put you off the marker there. Okay. Okay. Now they did ask me. The first question Buffalo asked me was 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 I going to Canada to play football? And I said, no, I never even thought about going to Canada. So, anyway. So, how was that reaction when you did get drafted by the Buffalo Bills, you know, going from the thoughts of hopefully playing in the South to now you're 100 miles from the Canadian border? <laughs> Not, no, you're probably five miles from the Canadian border <laughs> in Buffalo. <laughs> no, it, it was a different uh, transition for sure. I enjoyed my time in Buffalo tremendously. Uh, at, at that point, I was just very, very fortunate and, and thankful to even get drafted and, and have a chance to go play in the National Football League. So for 25 years or so, now that we're into your Bills career, O.J. Simpson uh, has really been one of the most polarizing figures, not only in sports, but definitely society, as we all know his story. But you knew him well before all that stuff was going on, when he was running over NFL defenses and, of course, through airports for car rental ads. Yeah. What kind of teammate was he to you, and would you have considered yourself friends? Uh, no doubt. Matter of fact, I talked with OJ last week uh, a couple of times on text and on phone, and uh, we have remained friends throughout this, this ordeal. And, and uh, OJ was a very intelligent, very, very talented player, uh, Shocking with the results of all the stuff that came out. Uh, uh, I still, in my mind, I still don't think it happened the way that everybody thinks it did, but that's, uh, that's something we can move on with. But uh, OJ was a very intelligent player, knew the offense backwards and forwards, knew the blocking schemes, could answer any question that needed to be answered. Uh, intelligent businessman, uh, did well for himself. It's a shame that uh, his life had to go the way it did, but uh, he seems to be doing well now, and it's been good keeping in touch with him. So in your rookie season was when you really set the world on fire. You know, you become the first player in NFL history, you know, to rush for 2,000 yards, and you started all 14 games that year. And so what was the pressure like back then being thrown into – an NFL offense as a rookie, you know, that become known as the electric symphony. I tell you, it was a, it was a blessing at that point uh, to, uh, to have a guy like OJ and to have a guy like Jim Braxton, the fullback and Bobby Chandler and JD Hill as receivers. Uh, it took a lot of pressure off me. No doubt. We had a good offensive line called the electric company at that time. 
that was the year OJ, you know, gained the 2,000 yards. And uh, it just took a tremendous amount of time off me to, to, to learn the game and, and to become part of the game. The, uh, the passing game back in those days was limited to a certain extent uh, where we threw the ball maybe 20 times a game. Uh, in today's world, it's 60 times a game. I'd love to be playing today. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, it, was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I learned a tremendous amount of football having OJ there uh, along with the rest of my teammates. That, that was going to be another question I was going to pick it back off the rookie uh, question that was asked is that that did having OJ or I mean, probably the best back in the game at that point. I mean, I guess he probably was. Did that make it just so much easier coming in and, and starting as a rookie all 14 games? Oh, there's no doubt it did, especially with the offensive line we had. Took Just took a tremendous amount of pressure off me. It gave me time to learn the game, uh, to learn the speed of the game and the mentality of the game, and to mature as a quarterback in the National Football League. It, it was a great asset to have a running back like O.J. Yeah, and that that was something with that I was going to ask too about the the fan base that we see how passionate, especially with the emergence of social media over the years, how passionate the Buffalo is. Now they may not have the greatest success all time when you look at their their uh, overall record, but that fan base, whether they're zero and sixteen or sixteen and zero, will always support them. Did you always feel? Did you feel that love for the most part for the twelve years that you were there? Well, the fan base in Buffalo is outstanding and one of the best in the National Football League by far, and uh, will probably continue to be that way. Uh, they just they love that football team there, and a couple of, you know when they changed ownership, there were some rumors about the team moving on and uh, to another to Toronto at that point. And uh, so anyway, I'm glad they didn't move the football team because that that city needs the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the city's having a struggle right now, and the city needs that team to stay there. So, you know, a while back, I remember, if I'm correct, you know, you did some uh, FCA camps in, in northwest Arkansas. And, you know, how how would that make you feel being able to come back to, to Arkansas and run those camps and, and kind of give back to the community? I always enjoyed being in, in Arkansas, and uh, matter of fact, that's why my wife and I brought our kids up here to, to raise our kids when they were very young, because it's such a great place to live, and uh, doing the FCA camps was a lot of fun, and uh, got to help some kids, and, and just be a part of, of the community, and we also did several of them in the, in the state of Louisiana, and just had fun doing them. It was a lot of work, but uh, got to see a lot of kids develop and it actually it kept us in shape also uh, we got to throw a lot of passes and do a lot of things that that we normally wouldn't have done if we hadn't had those camps I want to touch on your uh, post career right after the NFL I guess you had taken a few years off and San Antonio Texans got one of the many teams that has been taken away from them throughout the years of course most recently the commanders I was actually a res- resident of San Antonio for three years and was there when the commanders were there and saw the the heartache uh, when another team was ripped from them but when you uh, you finished your football career there following Kay Stevenson who was your coach for a while in Buffalo was that more of a kind of helping him doing doing himself a favor and going in to help him run his offense or did you still have a burning desire to play football he was uh, in that Canadian Football League. It's a, it's a different game for sure uh, as far as the rules, how things were handled, and 
uh, I was really just going there to help him. I knew the offense. I knew the uh, the uh, how to call the plays and stuff. So I was just there for a short period of time to help him, uh, to give him a, 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 some relief in case he needed it on the field. Now, you played against a lot of really solid, of course, the Steelers, the Steel Curtain being the defense of the 70s, one of the greatest defensive units of all time. What's the hardest hit that you ever received from a linebacker or defensive lineman? I was going to bring those guys up because I would assume it would probably be from Jack Lambert or Jack Ham, Mean Joe Green. What was the the hardest shot you ever took in the NFL? Oh, shoot. I took several (laughs) that that pretty well match up together, to be honest with you. But um, the the Steel Curtain was a great, great defense. And Jack Lambert, that's all he loved to do was hit. And Back in those days, when they could they could literally hit you, which they can't do anymore, it doesn't look like. Uh, it was quite different, quite different. Uh, very fortunate that I was able to play as long as I did with some of the hits that I could. But I was blessed. I knew I knew uh, I knew how to get rid of the football. That was the best thing I could do. So, so earlier you touched on you know <clears throat> you wish you could play in a, a league now like that passes the ball more. Uh, how do you feel also that? You know, now the game has turned more toward an offensive game and, and the protection of the quarterbacks a lot more now than it was in the past. Uh, the protection schemes have changed some to get to get rid of the football quicker. Uh, you can't stand back there. If you had to just stand back there and throw it every time uh, within three seconds, you'd be sacked a lot more. These guys would be. But the systems have changed now, like Drew Brees. Before the ball snap, uh, Peyton Manning, uh, Brady, they all know where they're going with the football probably 80% of the time before the ball is even snapped. So they're able to get the ball out of their hand. The shotgun formation has made a tremendous, has had a tremendous effect on the National Football League. And uh, it allows the quarterback to have that little bit of extra time uh, and easier to read the defenses because uh, you're standing up back there and you can see it much better. But um I would love to be able to play in today's game to, and have the, the caliber receivers, uh, the big tall guys that can jump and run. And uh, it's just a different, totally different ball game today than what we had. Going along with that, of course, the Razorbacks have had a really tough stretch, especially over the last three or so years of, of football. And with this new staff coming in, of course, Chad Morris, it seemed like you blinked. He was there and gone. But with Sam Pittman coming in, I, I was wanting to get your input on if you're very familiar with the offense that Kendall Bryles runs and how you feel about this coaching staff that they brought in this previous winter. Well, I, I was uh, I've met Sam and uh, I'm very impressed with him. I think he's going to treat the players tremendously, uh, maybe better than some of the other coaches have in the past in the last few years, uh, and be more of an honest person with them. I think it's going to it's going to make a big difference. It's a crying shame. He can't have spring football right now. That's going to hurt the University of Arkansas tremendously. But uh, I think they're due well. I think one of the biggest problems we've had is, uh, we, you know, we went from a passing game with Petrino and when the, with Belima, we went to a running game. And, and with Sam, uh, then with Morris, we went to another passing game. And now, we, you know, I'm hoping we got that talent level that, uh, that they've been able to recruit to, to play the kind of offense that Sam's going to want to play. It's going to take a couple of years to recruit those type kids. Do you, speaking of Sam Pittman, and I've, I've asked a lot of people that we've had on this because this is kind of my take. 
with where the Razorback program is, not just being able to win SEC games, but realistically, it's just been hard for them to compete in general. Of course, Chad Morris had a had as many wins in two years as he had group of five t- of losses to group of five teams. So, do you think that Hunter Urechek made the right decision? I know that you just said a lot of great things about Sam Pittman. But do you think that that was really about the perfect decision to bring a guy like him in that can recruit so well, that can build his teams from the inside out, as opposed to that $5 million flashy hire? Well, he, the, 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 the deal with Sam is he's, he's more of a down-to-earth guy. He came from the University of Georgia, which uh, he was a big, big part of their recruiting uh, scheme there. And he, he'll bring a lot of knowledge about recruiting to the University of Arkansas. And he's going to, I think he'll find out that it's tougher to recruit at Arkansas than it would be some of the other SEC schools. But uh, with his experience and his know-how, I'm sure that they'll do the best they can with that. And it's just a shame they can't have spring football this year. Speaking of recruiting, so you played at a time when it was a conference, the Southwest Conference was basically a bunch of Texas schools and Arkansas. And of course, you had to recruit against Daryl Royal and all those other Texas schools and everything. But was it... When it came down to kids getting scholarships from the SWBC or S, almost said SWBC SWC, was I mean, was it really basically that kids were looking to go to Arkansas or Texas in the '60s or '70s because of the rivalry at that time? Uh, the rivalry with Texas and, and the other Texas schools was was tremendous at that time. Uh, I didn't really look at it that much. I looked at the, at the people I was going to be working with, and I think Don Bro and Frank Broyles had had the biggest influence on me coming to Texas or coming to Arkansas. But the rivalry with the University of Texas, uh, that's treme- that was tremendous at that time. It probably still is if people want to talk about it. Well, post football career, uh, I know that you've been now you've been working uh, with Jim Lindsay, correct? Yes. So, uh, what talk about after you had? Le- I know that you had mentioned that you moved your family back to Fayetteville, but talk about what you've been doing really post football career. Well, after I uh, re- retired from football, I took a year off and then coached at Louisiana Tech uh, for two years, and, took, and then took another year off and then moved uh, moved my family to Arkansas, hoping to get involved with the University of Arkansas and. Uh, then Danny Ford uh, got on and, and coached four years at Arkansas. Really enjoyed that with, with Danny Ford and Houston Nutt. Um, then, and then doing the real estate business with Jim Lindsay. Ever since then, uh, Jim has been a tremendous influence on me and my family and has helped us tremendously. Uh, but I have enjoyed the real estate business. So much growth in Northwest Arkansas is hard not to, uh, to prosper. But uh, it's been interesting. It's kept me, giving me something to do and to help my family. So it's been fun. Awesome stuff. Well, uh, I think that's just about all that we have for you, but I really appreciate you coming on. It's uh, very, very unique to play. I probably will never see uh, somebody play in the NFL ever again for the amount of time uh, that, that you were there. As you mentioned, took a lot of hits, but um, had, a, had a solid career as a Razorback. And as a, uh, it was Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Detroit, and Indianapolis, correct? Yes. That you played. Okay, awesome. Well, that's great. Well, um, again, we guys, we really thank you for listening to this. And please, as I said at the beginning of this, make sure to subscribe to our podcast if you have not already. That will do it for us here on this bonus episode. My name is Kyle Sutherland for Porter Hayes, Joe Ferguson. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.